welcome to Miracles and Wonders, the podcast that helps you create more miracles in your life by looking at the world around you in new and wondrous ways. In this series, I'm interviewing the authors in a new collaborative book, The Miracle Mindset. Hi, I'm Diane Lund, best-selling author, entrepreneur, creative director, writer, producer, and reverend focused on a teachings in A Course in Miracles for many decades. Miracles are defined as a shift in perception in A Course in Miracles. Instead of thinking from fear or negative thinking, we turn our thinking upside down and we think positive thoughts. We think from a loving base. In The Miracle Mindset, each author starts their story with an opening couplet that embodies how they change their mind to change their life. I'm here today with Carol Ames, and Carol and I have been friends for almost 30 years. We met at a self-growth, self-improvement course at The Haven, which is on Gabriola Island in British Columbia, and uh, Carol has gone on to, to do some work there. So, Carol, welcome. Thank you, Diane. I'm glad to be here. I'm both excited and nervous. <laughs> Well, don't let the nerves get to you. you know, everybody is for you and rooting for you and wanting to hear what you have to say today. So tell me a little bit uh, about yourself, Carol, more for our listeners than for me, because I know a lot about you. Okay, thank you. Let's see. I um, started out in a career as a professional planner, and um, that's something I'm good at, organizing, uh, thinking ahead, planning. Um, and over the course of the years, I realized that um, that might be a skill and it was not a passion. It was not anything that I was enjoying. Um, And so uh, through a course of um, surprises and unexpected events, um, I did end up at the Haven meeting you and other people. And that was part of a process of regrouping and figuring out um, what I actually am interested in and as well as being good at. And I shifted uh, careers to working with people, which I really love. So I've done all different kinds of work with people, including working at the Haven, uh, leading programs there. Um, I uh, consult and I teach and I facilitate and coach and counsel. And um, what probably one of the surprising things about me, if anybody knew me, especially in my earlier life, is that I've now been married for over 20 years, which is astonishing, because in my earlier life as a young adult, I was dismal in relationships, very, very bad track record there. So <laughs> it's, it's astonishing to me that I met somebody and we seem to be compatible it wasn't who I would have thought I should be with. Um, and nevertheless, we got together. And, and um, so that's a, an interesting thing for me that I managed to um, find my way into uh, an intimate relationship. Yes. And today being Valentine's Day, it's a good day to talk about love. And I don't know, I really can't think of anyone that I know that I would have put them together with the partner that they've ended up with and had success with. It's one of those mysteries of life. It is. And it's, um, 
I was thinking in, you know, in the context of the miracle mindset, it's quite an irony that I thought I knew who I was attracted to and who would be a good fit and a good match for me. And that just did not work over and over and over. And yet I didn't actually um, come to my senses until somebody said, it looks like you two are uh, attracted to each other. And they were talking about my now husband and me. And we both said no. Um, And then we realized uh, that we were both having that experience of uh, being fascinated with each other, even though neither of us was who the other one would normally be attracted to. So there was clearly something there um, that was deeper and more substantial, as it turned out, um, that we hadn't known enough to look for. Yeah. And I had a very similar experience in that who I thought uh, would be good was never good, (laughs) never worked out. And I finally said, I give up. I'm going to stop picking and I'm going over to you, universe, Holy Spirit, whatever you want to call it. And you pick for me. And as long as the person isn't, in my opinion, like harmful or something like that, I will go with who shows up. And that was a big test of faith because I had to let go of my, well, you know, like silly things like, well, I don't want him to be bald and I need him to be over five, five. And, you know, um, it would be nice if he was spiritual and blah, blah, blah. As it turns out, my husband uh, is bald and short and not spiritual. So there you go. (laughs) Well, Diane, that reminds me actually of what happened with uh, me and Bill, my now husband, because I had also let go of trying to find a good person or a good enough person or the ideal person. Um, By my late 30s, I just let go. And, um, and I did decide that if something happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, I'll cultivate friendships with people like you that I that I enjoy spending time with. And I'll practice uh, what I've learned about relationship skills with my friends. And that'll be fine. And somehow in that letting go, of course, there was an opening. And very shortly after that, Bill and I found ourselves attracted to each other. I find that so often the way. And it's interesting. It kind of morphs over into the miracle mindset because so much of what allows miracles to come into our life is letting go, is letting go of control or letting go of what we think we know or letting go of trying to make something happen when it's clearly not happening. So that I think that's a good uh, lead in to why did you want to be in this book? What motivated you? Well, um, it's interesting as you uh, talk just now about letting go. Um, that's one way of looking at what I've learned about humor and, and why it matters so much to me in my life, which is why I wanted to be in the book. Um, I've learned that to the extent that I hang on and try to control, I stifle uh, a lot of my life energy and my spirit, uh, including my humor. And uh, when I, um, there's there's a process that happens for me of letting go and having humor and the humor causing me to let go and the letting go causing humor. So they interweave. Uh, and and the result where it takes 30 seconds or a day is that uh, I am 
centered. I am with myself. I am present. Um, I feel connected to something greater than myself. Uh, I feel loving towards people around me. So I wanted to be part of the book to explain my story about the profound difference from who I was and how I viewed myself as a young woman to where I am now. Um, and the, the strange role that humor played in that, because I don't read a lot of things or hear a lot of things about um, humor as a path to, you know, fulfillment or self-development or anything like that. And yet in my case, it has been. I think that's incredible. Uh, in A Course in Miracles, it says that uh, the reason the ego was born was that the son of God forgot to laugh when he had a thought that he was other than eternal and God. And we took ourselves seriously. And when we took ourselves seriously, the ego and guilt was born. And so I would say the Course in Miracles would say that laughter is a part of it, uh, that at our I've always thought that, you know, at the very end, if there was an end to the world and the universe, it would be laughter. It's just a big cosmic joke. <laughs> I, I agree. And, you know, I, I've been teaching a, um, a, a workshop in humor for many years, and I have a whole um, collection of quotations that I like to share in that workshop. I'll put them up on the whiteboard. And uh, a few of them are uh, speak to that. And for me, the most um, profound example of that is uh, one time when I was doing some experiential work with somebody at the Haven. So they were, um, the person was breathing and sort of connecting with themselves and uh, um, just uh, wanting to be embodied. And in that process, they started to laugh and laugh and laugh. And I remember uh, my colleague was concerned that the person must be histrionic, they must be ungrounded, perhaps we should intervene somehow. And I was laughing. And I, because I, I knew that I didn't need to not laugh. I, I, I believed that this person was touching into something deep and pure and that it wasn't uh, that they were um, trying to blow off or, or escape from what was happening. They were experiencing themselves fully in their laughter. And uh, so I decided it was okay to laugh with them. And then soon everybody was laughing. And I remember afterwards talking with my colleague and saying just what you were talking about, Diane, that I, I, I know that the joy in laughter, um, I can feel it right now in my body actually, um, is, is a very real, um, natural, alive experience of spirit moving in me. And, uh, and it can also be other things, you know, humor can be used as a weapon, it can be used all different ways. However, um, in its purest sense, it, it is um, spirit moving in me. Absolutely. It's joy. It, you know, has that bubbling, joyful feeling. And, you know, people have used laughing and humor as medicine 
for on their healing journeys. I think that's quite profound. So tell us a little bit about your story. It's called the quantum laugh. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe just give people a hint about the story. So they'll want to read your story in the book. Yes, Um, I hope they do read it. Um, So the quantum laugh talks, it starts with my experience in my mid 20s of having become very self conscious and self critical of myself, including my humor. I had decided that my humor was one of many flaws in me. And uh, so in the in my story, I go back then from there and and sort of explore what what happened in my childhood and my younger teens, and how I came to that place of believing, as it turns out mistakenly, that there was something wrong with me um, and that I needed to repair myself. I was looking for Carol 2.0, um, and and part of that program was negating my humor, and I ironically, was uh, making myself more miserable, less pleasant to be around. Um, it, it actually was a catalyst uh, to feel worse, not better. Um, and so in my story, I talk about how um, what I would now call miracles began to occur uh, in messages that I was receiving from various sources that I miraculously listened to. Um, I didn't have a belief about where they were coming from. However, I decided that they were worth listening to. So there, there were a number of things, including several different people, apparently coincidentally, suggesting that I go and take a program, uh, a self-development uh, program at the Haven on oh, Gabriola. Really? A couple of different people made that suggestion? Actually, three. Wow. And I remember thinking, this is bizarre because where I was living was actually over a thousand miles away from there. It seemed like a very obscure, strange suggestion. Um, and so eventually I got curious and I started to check into it. And that in itself, I'm not saying that was a miracle cure. However, that the my willingness to finally let go, um, almost sort of admit defeat that, okay, apparently my ego doesn't know everything because things aren't working out so well. Uh, so perhaps, um, it, so it was almost a move of desperation that I decided to follow some of these other uh, thoughts, suggestions, instincts that were bubbling up. And that led to a whole uh, journey of, uh, you know, coming home to myself and, and including recognizing that humor is a big part of me and that it's actually um, uh, a quality of mine and that it has huge value and that it does not have to be hurtful at all. Absolutely not. But we do live in duality here. And there's always, you know, night and day. It doesn't matter how much we don't want to have night, we, we still have night, day, night, day, uh, day, night, day, night, however you want to say it. So here, on this dualistic plane where we're human, um, there's always two sides to the coin. There's always the side where we can use it. And maybe it can be a little, as you said, hurtful. But then there's the side where it can be 
totally healing as well. So do you talk a bit about that in your story? I do. Um, and in fact, uh, that that particular aspect of humor was so intriguing to me that that became a very big part of the humor workshop that I lead. Um, looking at um, the different types of humor, um, the fact that everybody has a different sense of humor, which is why sometimes one person's humor doesn't connect with another person's. Um, and uh, what you were just alluding to, that humor can be used to try to create distance or to protect or to hide myself. Um, uh, or it can be used in a way where I am revealed, where I am connecting with someone, where uh, something um, joyful and positive happens. And, you know, uh, for me, that wasn't that discernment was not natural. I didn't, I didn't have that discernment when I was 15 or 20. Oh, right. Uh, so I just bumbled along, sometimes being uh, lovely and funny and other times not. I, I didn't understand the difference uh, at all. Part of a little bit like Sheldon on a Big Bang Theory. I mean, I think of Sheldon as just so funny. But of course, you know, in his character, he never thinks of himself as funny. And he doesn't get the subtleties a lot of times. So, yeah, uh, but in that he's, he's funny. Yes. And that he takes himself so seriously. <laughs> All and I time. think for, I think my um, uh, variation on that would be, or my flavor of that would be that um, I would briefly think I was funny and then I would panic. So I would do something or say something spontaneously. So that would be probably spirit just okay. moving in me. Yeah. And then I would panic thinking, uh oh, what have I done? Am I standing out too much? Am I being um, uh, insensitive? What am I doing? And so then I would sort of back off. So it must have been a strange experience to be around me and have me show up so fully and then kind of vanish yeah. Oh, I think that's um, when we're younger, we're more self-conscious, I would say, overall. When we've had a few decades under our belt, we tend to uh, soften around the edges, I think, and understand that uh, what we might have thought was horrifying, somebody else maybe didn't even notice. I was like, yes. And that's why I, checking in is a good idea. Yes. It, it, interesting, Diane. I, I was thinking about that very thing when I was writing my my chapter, um, I was remembering a time where I was incredibly self-conscious and with humor, looking back on it now, because that was half a lifetime ago for me, I was probably 31 and I'm 64 now. And I was so painfully self-conscious in this situation and I had no awareness of what might be happening for other people at all, um, other than that I was sure they were all staring at me. And, and now, you know, all of these years later, I, I'm smiling as I say that. I have, such, um, I have such compassion for myself that I was that twisted up and, yes, um, just inexperienced, um, immature um, and confused. 
like we all are. <laughs> so I was normal. Yeah, I was normal. I think you were normal. I think we yes. were all. I mean, I think there were some areas probably where we were, we all shined. And that's probably where we went and started to work. I mean, we had a gift with music or with numbers or, you know, with organization, like you say. But there's a whole other parts of us that we were very uh, unsure of because maybe we weren't as practiced or we hadn't put ourselves out there in quite the same way. Or maybe we didn't even know how to do that. I mean, I certainly didn't. It took uh, going to Haven and I write a lot about Haven in my two books, uh, Turn Your World Upside Down to Get Your Life Right Side Up because it was such an important experience for me I went there for almost a year straight uh, when I first went there so it was great opportunity to get to know myself and get to know my patterns and where I was tripping myself up and I'm deeply grateful to the Haven and what they teach well and of course um, you and I have that in common and as you mentioned at the outset um, I ended up after taking many programs and studying at the Haven, I ended up uh, joining the management team there. And, you know, since then, I've moved on to other work. And um, I'm on core faculty there, and I lead programs there. And I think that in a way comes back to what I was writing about in my chapter, that uh, what I learned at the Haven and what I try to support in people is coming to know who they are with some degree of acceptance, which doesn't have to mean that I love every part of myself and, you know, I don't have regrets or realize when I've made a misstep. However, I can still have some compassion for myself, just as I might for a little child mm-hmm. um, that, and I actually, um, I, I, in my world, that would be how God would look at us. Um, with compassion that oh look at them look at what they're doing (laughs) look at how they're playing falling all over themselves yes yeah (laughs) yeah so so to the extent that we can have that experience towards ourselves and others I think there's just so much then potential that opens up because instead of spending all my energy and focus uh, fighting with myself and recriminations and guilt and trying harder um I can settle into uh, this is who I am and uh, what next. And therein is the potential for us to blossom as whoever we are. And in my case, it happens to be somebody that's very creative, um, uh, that uh, likes working with people and uh, enjoys laughter and has a good sense of humor. Absolutely. And so if you could say in a sentence or two, what is it that you want people to take away from your story? Mm, That's a great question. I would like them to consider that whoever they are could be okay. And that whatever there is about them that seems odd or different or difficult uh, or exciting, whatever it is uh, that seems to resurface, that bubbles up, Uh, could be something really um, rewarding and exciting and fulfilling. It could be uh, part of why they're here in a way um, for that to blossom. And there's no, 
understanding what that might be. I, like I said, I wouldn't have thought, oh, humor might be my, you know, my, my thing. Right. Exactly. Um, It seems to be, it's what I can remember receiving feedback, Diane, um, in various programs. You know, we'd ask people to give feedback about the leaders and the facilitators, blah, blah, blah. And 90% of the time, half of the feedback I got would be love Carol's sense of humor, love Carol's laugh. And even now at this age, I still have a moment of feeling embarrassed. Like, really, is that, is that what they value me for? Oh my God. You know, other people are so deep and they have so much wisdom to share and people (laughs) felt so comforted with them and with Carol, it's her humor. And it's so I'm still working with that edge of of coming to accept that I'm okay and that my humor is part of me and it's okay and it actually can be healing it can be transformative and I think we all have that I I agree and uh, Carol people want to check out your uh, workshop on humor where do you suggest they go Uh, They can check my website or the Haven. So the workshop is called Getting Unstuck, The Alchemy of Humor. And uh, so they could go to creativepursuits.ca or they could go to thehaven.ca. And in either place, they can uh, look for my name or the name of the workshop. And there it is. And uh, of course, we're recording this in uh, February of 2022. So we're still, you know, in COVID protocols. So there aren't a lot of in-person workshops happening right now. Uh, However, I imagine there will be again. And in the meantime, I also do things online. Wonderful. Well, uh, to end, I always pick, I call it my wonder moment. I pick a an inspirational card from A Course in Miracles, which I have created eight different decks. I call it my rainbow series, eight decks in eight colors. And there's over 400 different quotes. And I picked one of those cards just as to wrap up each show. So uh, here's the one I I chose and I just choose them at random. So I don't know myself what's going to come up. This one is rather long. So bear with me as I read it. You taught yourself the most unnatural habit of not communicating with your creator. Yet you remain in close communication with him and with everything that is within him as it is within yourself. Unlearn isolation through his loving guidance and learn of all the happy communication that you have thrown away but could never lose. I'll read it one more time because I think it's an interesting comment on the conversation we've just had. You taught yourself the most unnatural habit of not communicating with your creator. In other words, not being aligned with our spirits, with our essence. Yet you remain in close communication with him and with everything that is within him as it is within yourself. In other words, we're not communicating with our essence. We're trying to communicate maybe a little bit more with our outer egos. And it says unlearn isolation. So unlearn the isolation from that part of yourself, that essence of yourself through his loving guidance. So he's going to guide and lead you to back to yourself 
and learn of all the happy communication, the laughter that you have thrown away, but you could never lose. So I think that's a fabulous card. What do you think, Carol? Well, um, uh, my mind is going every which way. And more important than that, I feel quite a resonance in my body. Um, my eyes started to fill up a little bit with tears, not sad tears, joyful tears. Um, I think that does fit beautifully with my experience of um, thinking thinking I was separate, thinking I was alone. Um, and then, you know, the rabbit hole I managed to go down. <laughs> and and, and what a relief it is to um, learn to let go of that and, and to be part of something, to not be alone. Um, and, and, I, and now I'm smiling because I do um, experience such joy uh, in the world uh, now, which I rarely did 30 or 40 years ago. Which is really a wonderful note to end on because that's really why um, I'm bringing this group of wonderful women together and why I write my books and um, doing collaborative books because when we learn these concepts inside and we learn how to touch our inner spirit and inner essence and we learn how we can do that, we do start to see what I call everyday miracles in our lives and we do start to just as you said, Carol, there, feel more joy. Mm. So that's it for this episode. Thanks for joining me, Carol. I feel immense gratitude, Diane, uh, loving for you and appreciation for this platform. And I've enjoyed uh, our time together right now. Me too. Thanks again. Bye. Bye.